Welcome to the Real Turf Techs Podcast for the technician that wants to get real. Follow along as we talk to industry professionals and address hot topics that we all face. Along the way, we'll learn tips and tricks. I'm your host, Trent Manning. Let's have some fun. This episode of Real Turf Techs on Golf Course Industries Superintendent Radio Network is presented by Foley Company a strong supporter of equipment technicians and golf course maintenance departments everywhere. Foley Company offers a proven solution for above and below the turf, for turf professionals everywhere. To learn more about Foley Company's line of real grinders, bed knife grinders, and the Air 2G2 family of products, or to find a distributor, visit www.foleyco.com. Foley, ready for play. Welcome to the Real Turf Techs Podcast, Episode 52. Today we're talking to Brandon Hogue, Equipment Manager at Glen Falls Country Club in Queensbury, New York. Glen's Falls is a 1912 Donald Ross Design 18-hole private club. Brandon is the sole technician working in his shop. Brandon runs Jacobson Greens mowers and fairway mowers. Toro Rough Mowers, Cushman Trucksters, and John Deere Gators and Tractors, as well as the Ventrac, and he has Foley Grinders. Little disclaimer, we had some audio issues that we couldn't remove, but this is a great interview, and we didn't want to chunk it. Let's hear from Brandon. Welcome, Brandon, to the Real Turf Text Podcast. How you doing today? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, yes, sir. It's going to be fun. Looking forward to two fellow MVT winners. Yes, congratulations. Yeah, 2018 yeah. and you're 2021? Yeah, this year's, yeah. That's awesome, man. And, and congratulations. I saw earlier today that uh, this is your first uh, anniversary of your podcast show, right? Yes. So we're recording for the listeners on... March 1st, and one year ago today, we put out our first couple episodes, and I never dreamed what this would turn into. I just thought it was going to be a rambling hillbilly talking about golf course maintenance stuff, and maybe I would have 10 listeners, and I would have been happy with that, but right. it's, it's really turned into something special for sure. Well, you got a big following, so congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Tell us how you got into the turf industry. Honestly, it was just by chance. I was in the fabrication industry and I was in the, I was at my place of employment for 11 years and, uh, it was basically family owned operation and uh, the father that passed away and the son started to change direction from a huge industrial welding shop to, they wanted to start installing uh, residential lawn sprinklers. So it was a big change of pace and. Basically, it went from a big industry to a little family-run shop that a bunch of people left. And it was literally by chance. Like the day after, I, the first assistant at our golf course called me. And I've been friends with him for years and years. He knows my background. So he just called me and said, hey, listen, we're in dire need for somebody that knows anything about mechanical, just fixing anything. We, we haven't, we're just in a hard spot. So I said, you know what? Luck has it. I'm not doing anything right now. I can help you out. So I went there and. Walked into a, it was a catastrophe. It was everywhere you look, there was stuff 
in pieces, broken, you know, just the whole shop was just in, in disarray. So I was kind of like, what did I do? And thankfully I'm just here to help for a little while, but through perseverance and uh, hard work, I just kept on getting things fixed and turn the shop around constantly. And my boss and the assistants, they just, they wanted me to stay. So they worked out a deal and here we are five years later. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So it's just by chance. It was just weird. I don't have a background from the golf industry, so I don't really play that much either. Luckily for any superintendent that any golf course I go to, cause I'm, I'm not a golfer, but I love the game. I, I just I don't play it, but the whole ability to work on the machinery, the precision of it, I have, a, I have a background in machining. So I was able to basically transfer all that knowledge over to do all the grinding, and all the, the real prep and bed knives and all that. So it have that background was a little bit, a little easy for me to transition over Yeah, in, yeah. That, as, in that aspect. For sure. And I think a lot of us, most of the people that I've met anyway, and the people I've interviewed on the podcast all have similar stories where it was just, you know, happenstance that they got at a golf course. Or they yeah, and somebody it, or whatever. I was born and raised in this area, and uh, this is a private golf course. So for 30 years or whatever, I drove by this course, never knew anything about it, and then never even seen it because it's just a little hidden gem that it's very private. So mm-hmm. now I uh, go there every day. Awesome. Do you relief grind? I do relief grind. Yes, sir. We have a new fully grinder that's uh, able to do that and take advantage of it. But I don't back lap that often. We're, we're continually, we have a, bot, a lot of uh, series of mowers that basically always have backup head units that you know, I have a different series. So I swap them out as we go. But I do relief grind just for the friction and loss of horsepower, stuff like that. I did do some back lapping when I first started. And I think just the way we our practice doesn't really, it's not advantageous for us because we're always putting a spin on them. Yeah, yeah, nothing wrong with that. Like I like to say on the podcast, we don't judge here. Whatever worked for you. Right. And there's some people that exclusively lap. And I don't necessarily agree with that, but if it works for them, it works for them. Absolutely. When you relief grind, how thin are you getting your land width on the blade? I do a 45 degree angle. I basically match the, I match it to the, the length of the, the rise. It's equal distance, equal distance, basically. Okay. Unless you have like, uh, like our LFs, our, our fairway bores, we run R&R reels. So they're a real thick gauge blade. Mm-hmm. So I'll do a long ramp on it to, to get the thinness down a little bit. But uh, other than that, it's just, it's basically equidistant. I got you. On the R&R reels, I hadn't run any in a long time. Is the quality of the reel better than it was? I don't know if you can really speak on that in the last five years, but. Honestly, we run factory bed knives and we try to do factory reels. Problem is this year with availability. Yeah. With our, I, I had to replace a set of fives for one of our LFs and I ordered, I received two from Jacobson. So they're the other three round back order and I waited contacted them and they said there was basically a to be determined delivery date so i said not knowing that the r&r reels were, were a thicker gauge than the factory ones with the factory relief on them i think about the other three so it's a backup unit anyway so we're going to try and run it and see if there's any issues between the two factory reels and then the three r&r reels there's any cut difference i did measure them or i did weigh them because they with the with the heavier uh 
gauge real blade, they're, they're about 1.1 pounds heavier per reel. So I don't know if that'll make much of a difference or not. R and R versus factory. Yeah. You wouldn't think one pound would make a difference, but who knows? They get critical on cutting units sometimes on different setups. And <laughs> it depends be, on who you're talking to. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see Yeah. Do you have to set them five thousandths higher? Right. Does they weigh one pound more or something? That'd be interesting little test you got going on. Have you tried any of the JRM reels? No, we haven't ran JMR reels. I heard that, that they're the harder material, I think, the yeah. JMR, but we don't. We just we try to stick to the factory. Well, I'm the same way. I've pretty much just stayed factory. I do use JRM bed knives, and I like their bed knives, but I've yet to try their reels. And in the WhatsApp group that I'm always talking about, they were talking about that today. One of the guys had the question if anybody had used them. I know uh, Bob Perneau on Twitter, Bob Shop, he's used them, but I hadn't really heard how they worked out. I think he's happy with them, but I don't know if they're better or worse or what. My aspect is if you have a harder material in your bed knife, something's got to be softer than the other, I would think. So when you start stepping up your hardness and your reel, you know, I don't know what negativities that brings, but I just think they're engineered like that for a purpose. Oh yeah, for sure. I agree with that. And I personally, I would like my reel to be harder than my bed knife right? because they're easier to change and replace. Tell me something you fabricated lately. All right. That's just kind of a in-depth story. But so we, throughout the past few years, we've, we actually hand mow our greens. We walk mow. So we have Mm -hmm. some Jacobson Eclipse twos and we have a Jacobson 322 triplex that we do our greens with too. But the problem is our distance between the collars and the edge, it drops off drastically after our collars. So, you know, to have that turning radius, that's why we walk mow typically. But so anyway, back to the walk mowers, we bought a bunch of Eclipse two 18 inch mowers and Eclipse one 22 inch mowers for $200 a piece because people just don't use it. We got a great deal on them. So what I ended up doing was, is I stripped all the Eclipse ones down and they were, the Eclipse ones were the four bolt, four bolt adjustment. Mm-hmm. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to make a, a bunch of a series of quick adjustment Jacobson reels uh, unit to have, th- we, have, we have three sets of reels, basically one for our sand eaters, intermediate and then tournament reels. So I've been conglomerating all these units. So I took the, all the electronics off the Eclipse twos, the newer units, and uh, basically conglomerated all the Eclipse ones to operate as an Eclipse two on an Eclipse two mower. But what I'm doing is I took the, all the Eclipse two 18 inch mowers and I created a jig and I'm cutting all the head units, the head unit frames apart and using just the side plates. And what I'm doing is I had a machine shop make the tubes for the quick adjustment where the pins go through for the quick adjustment and then just the other pin, the other rod that basically it's like a, I don't know, holds the frames in, in line, mm-hmm. but I'm going to, I've turned the 18 inch frames into 22 inch frames. Oh, wow. So, okay. Yeah. So basically we'll have a whole nother set of quick adjustment heads because one of our, one, you know, out of the three sets, one set is the old four, four point mm-hmm. bolt adjustments, which I don't mind. It's just a pain in the butt to adjust them when it's on a table. So it's my little project. I've been slowly working at it and Again, back to my machining and welding and fabricating skills. It's something I fall back on and do a lot. But 
the little thing I'm working on right now. It's kind of neat, but, uh, I got faith in it. As long as you, you know, you prep up a good jig and don't put too much heat in certain spots, you'd be all right. I don't. So what's your experience with that? And the reason I asked this question is I got a guy that works for me and he went to welding school and when he'll run a bead eight inches long in a single pass, whatever, maybe quarter inch plate. And I was, you know, I didn't go to welding school. I'm pretty much self-taught. But from what I learned is you should do shorter lengths and not heat it up so much. What What's your opinion on that? Yeah, so definitely if you have, say if you're trying to like two pieces of a quarter inch sheet steel or something like that, it's not gusseted or it's not, you know, supported in any which way. You, if you were trying to run eight or 10 inch long bead in the right, right at that seam, you're going to, you're going to warp it for sure. I always try to clamp stuff down. If you can clamp it down or if you can even weld like a temporary gusset bar across it or something, a piece of tube, one spot or a few spots where it won't allow it to twist or, you know, clamp, clamping your work down. That's the, that's the most important thing because it will, it, it's going to, it's going to twist a little bit. Unless you're welding something that's got a lot of gussets or angles, brackets, or where it might not allow it to twist so much. Awesome. But yeah, shorter welds are typically what you want to do. Gotcha. What's your favorite tool? My favorite tool in the golf shop is going to be, I'd say, the roller tamer. Oh, shout out to Roland. That's yep. awesome. Yep. The roller tamer by Turf Pride. That thing is, you have any, you familiar with it? somewhat it's been on my wish list and Roland's going to be mad at me that I haven't bought one yet and Don Cotton too I'm, Don I'm, Cotton I'm old, old, old Don Cotton old Don yeah. Cotton but yeah no it's it, it <laughs> I, I can't say anything bad about it man they did a great job with it it's very versatile it is a little bit of an expense up, up front but mm-hmm. you use it for a few years darn why you spent the money it's just it's easy it's a time saver I can't say anything bad about it. That's awesome. And honestly, probably the reason I hadn't bought it, if I wanted to blame somebody, I'm going to blame Martin Dole because I've been running Golf Co. rollers on everything, and those are so easy to rebuild if they go bad. I don't know you've used any Golf Co. stuff. We have some Golf Co. Yeah, the rollers on our uh, rough units, and, and they're great. I think we've had them for, boy, it's been over his whole season. They there's like nowhere to. Oh yeah, yeah. No, they they hold up really well. And I got a new set of fairway mowers, so four fairway mowers, and I ordered them pre-fitted with the golf cut rollers. And it's yeah, it's been great. What do you do to relax or find your balance? We're a big nature family. We own a camp with some property, so basically, definitely nature, hiking, camping. Just being outside. Kids? Yeah, two kids. We got two boys, five year old, his name's Kanan, a ten year old boy named Ezra. Awesome, man. That's yep. uh, I'm a girl dad, but are you? Yeah. Well, God bless you. God bless you. <laughs> yeah, no, I got my shotguns ready to go. It's all good. There you go. I definitely outdoorsman too, my whole life. That's the, that's the way I grew up. Kind of rural part of the northern Georgia, which is not so rural anymore. But uh right. I love the outdoors for sure. And how great is that to get out and just spend time with your family out in nature? 
Yep. Just simple the way life should be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and Northern Georgia is beautiful too. I haven't been there, but my dad lives in uh, North Carolina and I've been over that way, but Blue Mountains and all that. I live up in the Adirondacks, up in upper, up, upstate New York. So, okay. Definitely I've never been out there, but I would definitely like to check it out for sure. Yeah. It's beautiful. I'm going to see uh, J.R. Wilson at Noyak on Long Island. So that's going to be an adventure for this hill. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I don't go down there. I don't, I have never been to the city. I don't really care to. So mm-hmm. enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why don't, so supposedly we're going skeet shooting. Which I oh. thought, which I thought was crazy. I didn't, oh, I didn't they, know they had gun clubs up there. Yeah, they, I'm sure they probably got some nice high end gun clubs down there. Do some ski shooting. That'd be cool. That's right. What's the strangest thing you've seen at work? I had a group of kids show up in a car one day. I don't know why, but none of them had shoes on. But they all showed up, and they went to a psychic and uh, a cat psychic. Apparently, one of the girls lost her cat. And I, I guess it was somewhere in town, but the cat psychic told them to not wear their shoes and go to this address, which is our club and to talk to somebody and the cat will be there. <laughs> I, I don't get, I, I don't get out on the course that much. So I don't know about weird stuff out on the course, but to me, I was like, what the heck is going on? So that was kind of weird. <laughs> you, you can't make this up, right? There's no, no way you, you, you could think for a week. To make up a crazy story and not come up with something like that. Everybody's got something. That's right. (laughs) That's really good. What's one of your pet peeves around the shop? Pet peeves, definitely clean and organized. Everything's got a place where it's supposed to go. I'm not like super anal, but like you open up my drawers and there's a spot. I don't have it like outlined where things are supposed to go, but things are nice and tidy. Also, definitely being clean and organized, starting jobs and not finishing them. Like I, I, my kids, I feel like I'm talking to either my kids or my kids at work, one or the other. But if you start it, just commit to it and get it done. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's something we all probably struggle with in our younger years, but you finally overcome it at some point. At some point. Do you have a mentor in the industry? With my shallow background in the industry. I, the only person that really taught me a lot so far, I, I have a lot of people that I've talked to and have helped me throughout, but my boss really, without him, first of all, without him, I wouldn't have my job. He also nominated me for the MBT this year. Without him, I wouldn't have gotten nominated for that, but he's definitely showing me the ins and outs, how things are supposed to work, what things are supposed to look like, the quality of cut. And he's worked at Oak Hill and Pine Valley throughout his, he's, been at our course for 30 years so he definitely has first-hand knowledge of some top-notch stuff but yeah it's really just uh he's helped me out through, throughout it all no that's great and i think there's a lot to be said for somebody really spending that extra time instead of just saying do this or do that the explaining why we're doing this and the why we're doing that i know for me personally that really helps me out to understand and it, it makes the job better if you know the why you're doing it. Oh yeah, you could just you could do something not knowing why or what what you should expect the outcome to be. Just do it just to do it. But also too, getting out and running the being out there firsthand, talking to obviously talking to the guys. But I think if the equipment manager can get out there and run the equipment to see 
how it's supposed to run, what it feels like. You get a lot more knowledge off of that too. Hopefully your guys come back and talk to you firsthand. What's wrong and what's going on with the machine? Is this right? Or this is leaving a weird streak or whatever. But firsthand getting out there and working with us is a big thing, I think. Oh yeah, for sure. There's nothing that can replace hands-on operation of the equipment for the equipment manager. Because if you don't know how it's supposed to operate, it's, it's hard for an operator to tell you what it's doing or what it's not doing, that it should be doing. Yeah, for sure. What would be your dream job or opportunity? Something with motorsports. I'm a big motorsports guy, a motorsports team or you know, anything like that. I think mechanic job or whatever, tire changer. I don't know. Just something that would be like really cool, I think. So what's your favorite motorsports? Oh, motocross, supercross, dirt bikes. Okay. I, any, I grew up racing dirt bikes, so I grew up racing flat track. So all that's there for me. I love it. Gotcha. Yeah. So Chris Lewis at Eastlake, he was a big dirt bike motorcycle guy before he got into the golf industry. He loved, you know, racing and that kind of stuff. And I think he worked at a motorcycle shop for several years before he ended up at the golf course. Every dirt bike or four-wheeler, they, they drive by looking at the golf courses to say, man, that would be an awesome place to go rip it up. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't think like that anymore, though. So, oh, my God. Yeah, it's, yeah. once you get in the turf industry, you understand, yeah, it would not be good yeah. <laughs> for course conditions. And luckily, I've seen I've seen a lot through like Twitter and stuff like that where guys are getting all this damage from people going out messing with the greens and stuff not knock on wood we're in our little community we don't we haven't had that happen actually my superintendent we were talking about that the other day about the weird things that happened but this year we had somebody on a, a hole that was close to the one of the roads they filled the cup full of quickrete like dry quickrete oh wow okay yeah so that was i hadn't heard that, that was, one no so that was his weird thing i've heard other things in the cup but not quick yeah no i haven't seen none of that yet what technician would you like to work with for a day? So I've taken a lot of uh, courses, not a lot, but I've taken a few courses with Jim Needham. Yes. He was, yes. He was a 2019 Edwin Budding Award winner. Yes, sir. And I think if anybody knows too much on this earth, he's one of those people. Just rattling his brain, asking him questions. I, You can't walk away with him remembering everything. You got to write stuff down because I've, that bad guy is just, he's a genius. He is. He's a walking encyclopedia, turf equipment. He was superintendent and then service manager, worked for the Toro company. Got crazy background. Yes, I, I agree with you on that one. I would love yeah. to the day with Jim Ned. And I hate at the show. Did you go to show this year? Yeah, I was there. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry I didn't run into you. I, I saw you and you had. If you were busy, I wanted to introduce myself, but I, I didn't get to do it, but well, I, I did see it. I apologize. Yeah. I, I was talking to, I don't want to say too many people. There can never be too many people, but I was very busy. Good, man. Um, but then it, it was fun. It was good. But unfortunately, I really wanted to see Jim, but I, it didn't work out. I went to one, he had a class there, a quality of cut class. I, I took that. I took a seminar. He actually came to our course this summer and, and did a seminar for all the local equipment managers. And so yeah. that was my first time meeting him. So it was nice to have him go through my shop, 
just tell me what he thought, you know? And Oh yeah. 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 So he was, I'm telling you, he is a great guy. And if there's any superintendents, cause he still does on site, he'll do seminars. And if anybody has any ability to hire him for the day or whatever, I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. No, it's, yeah, it'd be worth every penny, whatever yeah. you got to pay him. We were lucky enough to have him down. He'd done that same presentation for the Georgia Association. I don't remember what year this was. It was three, four years ago. But yeah, just excellent. What do you know now you wish you'd known on day one? This was probably the hardest question for me, honestly. I think I think the way that I came in the industry, basically blindsided and had to, like I said, all our equipment, most of our equipment was put together wrong. There was wrong parts on it, parts put together wrong series, just everything. So it was a huge learning curve for me. And just uh, the whole process just spent a, it's been a process, but I'm, I'm glad that's how I came into it. So I don't really know what I wish to, I know now. I just don't know. I didn't, I couldn't answer that. Oh, works. what kind of tips and tricks you want to share with us? So one thing I found out definitely especially if you have equipment lift, I bought a hydraulic lift table. It's this little pump jack table. You can buy it like Northern hydraulics, it's a flat top. It'll go up to ours goes up to, I don't know what it is, 50 or 60 inches. Okay. So basically if I have to take a reel off a machine, when I first started there, a lot of guys manhandle the, the cutting units, just dragging them around, lifting them for like $500. Northern, Northern hydraulics has, you can lift up your machine, Put the table underneath your, your machine, jack it up to where it's just touching your roller unit or your cutting unit under your unit. And now the unit's sitting on the table, wheel it over directly over to your bench where you're strip the bed knife off of it. And then you can, I also have a leveling plate too. So mm-hmm. before, before I, I just got into the practice to throw the unit on the leveling plate, just to make sure everything's parallel and then I'll bring it over and then with the cart and I'll put it on the lift or on the grinder. It just, that's a big back saver, time saver. So that's one thing I've definitely have learned that it's a good trick to use. What's the dimensions of the table? Table is probably about 20, maybe 24 by 36, like two foot by three or something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's got like a 700 pound capacity. Oh yeah. Perfect. Nice, nice, heavy duty. And the good thing is it's also a helping hand too. Like for anything, if you have a big, long, something long, you got to use, let's not solid on the table or something. You can jack it up and you can use it as a second hand, help sturdy stuff or whatever. But that's one thing. One thing I've learned that works really well for myself is some guys height of cut bars. They'll, I guess this is really how anal you want to be, but I, it's not just about being anal. This is a little bit about speed too. I use two dual height of cut gauges, one on each side of the cutting unit with, mm-hmm. the, with the actual dial indicator. And they got the earth magnets on them. It's their, uh, the Accu products makes them. Okay. Yep. And with the earth magnet on there, you can just, you slide it on there. You slap the earth magnet on the bed knife and it's locked in, you know, and then you go to the other side, you do the same thing on the other side. Now you're looking at two gauges, one on each side, and you can zero in your your height to cut so much faster and precise than going back and forth. Yeah. It's, it's, you set it up one time, you tighten your, your, your nut down and you can visually see on both sides, how close you are. Even Jim Nedden says, you know, you can do the, the, 
the gauge bars, you don't have to be so anal about it, especially on like fairways, but it's not so much about being anal, about being precise. It's the speed too. It's so much quicker just to slap them up there, adjust it, lock them in. And you can see right to left that both gauges are dead nut. Mm-hmm. And then you go, to, you just go to your, go to the next ones. And then our fairways are, you can't tell the difference. They're beautiful. And every now and then, if I feel like I always have, I have a, a zero ink gauge, a gauge block. So you just check your gauges, make sure they're both reading. This. That way you get the same measurements from right to left. Right, right. But that for me has been a huge trick, really, just to be precise. And then also it is a lot faster. Yeah. I started off with just the gauge, the bars themselves, and then just adjusting the nut, the screw and nut to what height you think it is. And you just go off of, you slide it in off of feel. But how precise is that? It's probably precise enough, maybe, but mm. I don't know. I think it works really well for me. Yeah, no, I personally, I, I like the dial indicator and yeah. I like the analog because I'm old school, I guess. I like it better than the digital. Yeah. I like being able to see that hand move. Yeah. But having two of them, for me, just to be able to watch them, they're dead and not, and they're just going back and forth. They're time going back and forth on every reel. I have 50, uh, you know, head units that I maintain. So doing that all the time, you want to save as much time as you can. Oh, yeah, for sure. I thought that was a great idea, having the two up there. And I was just sitting here thinking about that. Yeah, could somebody make one contraption out of aluminum or whatever that goes up and has the two gauges on it and hooks oh, the up or something, something? The guys at my shop, they're like, oh, you need to patent that idea. Exactly what you said, have one one contraption with two gauges. It's a, I think it works great. But like you yeah. said, what works for you might not work for other people. True. Yep. Each his own. But I really like that. I know Roland is working on how to cut gauge calibrator, if you will. So you can check the accuracy of your how to cut gauge. Right. And like you were saying, yeah, you can use the gauge block. But what he came up with and Don Cotton at Turf Pride is supposed to start producing these. This is the flat plate with a hole in it that has a certain distance. So that way you're, uh, this is like using the gauge block, but you're also making sure the bar is flat without having to take the gauge off of it. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Which I guess you could do the same thing with a couple more gauge blocks and a granite surface plate or something, but this would be one nice contained package. Let's talk about MVT. Mr. 2021 MVT award winner. What was that like? Uh, it was honestly, it was a surprise at first. When I first heard that I was nominated as a, a finalist, the other two guys, one guy was from North Carolina, I believe. One guy was from Ontario. It was the big hype at the course. It was like, yeah, those are all big, you know, down South. You're going to be hard to keep up with those guys and all the boats and stuff. So I was just, and it went on and went on weeks and weeks. So I was just like, you know what? It was cool to be nominated, but that's probably as far as it's going to go. So then I left work one Friday and like 20 minutes later, my boss called me and said, Hey, you won. So oh, I was, I was just blown away, man. To be a newcomer in the industry, there's a lot of good guys out there that I've met and talked mm-hmm. to that they, a lot of people deserve this, but, uh, there's also not many young guys in the industry too. And I think that what Foley's doing, GCSAA with the whole MPT award went, you know, award program. I think it's a great thing to 
give some young guys incentive to do, you know, the best they can and to get better and just provide the best quality of product you can. Oh, for sure. And the year I won, it was just, you know, I mean, I'm mind blowing or whatever. But like you said, all the people that I've met in this industry makes me think I'm not very deserving of this award. I don't know how I won it when that guy over here is doing this or is just crazy. So Absolutely. Definitely very fortunate to have won that award with all the great technicians in this industry. So. Yeah. And then the whole trade show experience, like that's my first time even ever experienced a trade show period, but just networking with people, talking to, you know, industry insiders, seeing all the different products firsthand, just, and I'm not sure if this is how it's been for all, for a long time, but locally for me, it seems the trade shows are pushed towards the superintendents and assistants, but I think it's really important that those equipment managers get out there, talk to those guys. There's a lot of technicians from the companies that are there. Their, their top guys are there. I, you know, the working with the Foley guys has been, you know, amazing. Just talking to all of them. They're so great and smart and they know their stuff. So everybody I've, everybody I've met has been awesome. It's been a great thing. Was Vince there from Foley? No. I, I didn't see him. No. Yeah, I didn't either. I went by the Foley booth and I was just now thinking about that. But he, he's one I always try to say hey to. And I've called him, I don't know how many times on the phone to pick his brain. When I was working for the Toro distributor, we were also the Foley distributor down here. And I was kind of the Foley guy. That anytime a Foley customer would have an issue, I was the road tech that got dispatched. So I, t I spent a lot of time on the phone with Vince and he's a, almost a Jim Nedden when it comes to Foley products. He's just on top of it. He's like, oh, you need to look at this. This is your problem. He'll tell you exactly <laughs> what yeah. it is. He doesn't even have to think about it. Obviously his experience and he's been there forever, but I hate, I missed him this year was the point of that story. But all those guys are really great over there. What else did you want to talk about? Just expand yourself. Always have the ability to keep learning, networking, talking to guys, other equipment managers out there. Like I've even just running into guys at the trade show or even in some of the seminars, just before I had this award, I'd never, I wasn't on Twitter. I didn't do anything like that. So I was just kind of isolated in my, who I knew, who I talked to. But ever since I've expanded my horizon and really communicated with these guys, there's so many guys out there that are doing different things, that have different ideas, that see things differently. It's a huge network you should strive to do. And the stuff that you're doing is just amazing for the industry and the guys that are in our, our positions. So really it's just that, just, just keep it, keep expanding yourself, get to education and just keep on trying. Yeah. And the thing with the trade show, yeah, it's great seeing all equipment, but I really, and the education is great. Nothing wrong with education. Always good. But the networking I think is key. Oh yeah. Because you can have a five minute conversation with Chad Braun and you're going to pick something up that yeah. you're going to take back to your course. That's going to help you that day. Absolutely. Or, and then it's not just Chad. I mean, there's a hundred guys and gals, Kayla Kipp, shout out to our sister <laughs> that just got a new job at a very nice facility where congratulations. Yeah. Very happy for her. But uh, yeah. 
there's so many good people in the industry. And like I said, you spend five minutes talking to them and you're probably taking something back that's going to help you that day. And that's the thing that I've gotten out of it is, is there's some industries that people don't want to share their insight with you. I've, everybody that I've talked to has been more than willing to share their faults, their, their experiences, everything. So it's, it's been great. It really, this has been the good part of the whole thing too. Like you said, networking and having these relationships and just seeing that it's a big, it's a big group of people out there that are doing the same thing. Oh yeah. Yep. We're all in the boat paddling in yep. the same direction. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's been great. And I can't thank everybody enough for following the podcast, listening to the podcast, getting in the WhatsApp group, the real turf tech community. It's just, there's a lot of guys in the WhatsApp today and congratulations on the first year and all that stuff. And I don't, I'm over the moon. I'm really speechless and don't know what to say. I'm so excited about how everything's going and I look forward to seeing what it's like next year and five years and 10 years from now and what we can do to, to grow this profession and get more younger people in this industry uh, that want to work with their hands and get dirty and get to be outside all, all the fun things that a lot of us enjoy. Yeah, uh, the sun come up every morning. Just keep doing what you're doing. You're you're you're, you're uh, definitely a key component to that. So, props okay. to you, man. Thank you, thank you. Any other thing you want to share before we get at this? Is going to be a new segment here for the listeners. Rapid fire questions. Rapid fire. Nah, let's uh let's take a hit and see what we do. What's your favorite movie? I gotta go with Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> Harry and the Hendersons. Okay. Yeah. The kids love it. I I loved. I grew up with it, so I, I got a few okay. favorites. But that's okay. What would be your last meal? Uh, I don't know. I, I thought about that. And I was like, if it's my last meal and I, and I save leftovers, does that mean I get to have another meal, or is it just <laughs> my last meal? <laughs> but no, I, I'm a meatloaf and uh, scalp potatoes guy. Okay. What are you most proud of? I'm not, I'm most proud of my my kids, my wife, and my family. That's where Great my heart's at. Great yeah. answer. That is awesome. Thank you so much, Brandon, for uh, being on the podcast. Another good episode. Tell the listeners how they could get a hold of you. What's your Twitter handle? Twitter is uh, behope2021mpt. And we'll definitely tag that in the description. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I appreciate you being here, Brandon. I look forward to meeting you maybe next year in Orlando. Oh, I'll be there. Unless you're coming through Georgia, you stop by anytime. I, you never know. If I do, I'll be there. Hope you enjoyed hearing from Brandon. What a great guy and very deserving of winning the MVT presented by Foley Company and DCM Magazine. I think Brandon made a really good point about just putting yourself out there. I know it's, it's not easy. It's not necessarily what we like to do. But putting yourself out there, you will grow so much more. And I speak from experience. I'm not blowing smoke <laughs> to all the all you listeners. It comes from the bottom of my heart. I would not be doing a podcast. I would not be sitting in Sag Harbor, New York, recording this, this very second, 
if I hadn't put myself out there. And yeah, you might not want to do a podcast. You might not want to come to New York. But you do want to grow. You want to better yourself. So I hope everybody keeps up the good work. I know the season's coming. My season's already here. And I can't believe I'm away right now. So I'm going to have to hurry up and get back. Because there's probably some stuff broke. Or at least needs some attention. Thank you all for listening. If you want in our WhatsApp group, send me a DM. Send me an email. It keeps growing and growing. Get more people in there. It's pretty incredible. Until next time, see you bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Real Turf Text Podcast. I hope you learned something today. Don't forget to subscribe. If you have any topics you would like to discuss or you'd like to be a guest, find us on Twitter at Real Turf Text. See you bye.